What's going on family? Pastor Sergio Chavez reporting live and direct to you and yours. And listen, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Hope Huddle Podcast, your place for inspiration, hope, and empowerment. As we've been discussing over the last several weeks, we realize what the Greek philosopher once declared was a true statement when he said that there is a constant in life and that is change. And if you've lived long enough, we do have young people and we do have some older people. We don't have old people in the house. We have just older people. Eventually people change in their thoughts. People change in their behavior. People change in their look. People change in their lifestyle. And maybe you can identify, you've changed career, you've changed perspectives. The reality is, while there is a constant in life that is change, at the same time, many people resist change. And that comes from this, uh, from this feeling that change makes us all uncomfortable. And it's not until things start to get uncomfortable that we don't see a need to change. You probably heard or, sir, or, or said the phrase before, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But maybe you've been in a place where you've been stuck for such a long time, maybe you do need to break something yourself manually and fix it. The reality about life is that we go through life change. Now, I'm a, I'm a pastor and a preacher that likes to be very dynamic, and so if this is your first time, I'm going to invite you to engage and be a part of the message. So if there's something that speaks to you, I don't mind if you give me a good amen. Let's practice that now. Say, say it with me. Say amen. All right. Uh, if I say something, I'm just going to throw a couple bars at you. If there's something that speaks to you, just let me know that you received it by go ahead and catching it. We do. Let, where's my church at? Let me see you catch it real quick. Let me see you catch it. All right. Uh, I'm just wanting to put that out there because I know we do have some guests. And, and so I want you to know that I don't mind if you, if you uh, engage in the message, if you respond by saying amen, if you say preach little man, if you say I caught that, uh, say I'm with you, say I'm going to add that to my Instagram caption, my, I'm going to tweet that. Uh, I don't mind. So now that we, we've got that out the way, we can engage. And let me know if I'm speaking to the right group. Have you ever been through a life change? Let me see, show of hands. A life change. Okay. I'm speaking to the right group. Perhaps you've been through a financial or economic change in your life. Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> or maybe you've gone through a health status change. There's climate change. There's global change. Here in the next couple of weeks, we're getting ready to see political change. And so change can be scary, and it's happening all the time and all around us. And so as we come to the end of the season series, what I want to declare to you as the last message as a part of this series, if you're going through a transition, if you're in a season of change, what I want to declare to you and encourage you with is the following, and I hope that you will catch that today with me. Here it is. I'm about to throw this at you, is that even though everything around us may change, here's a very important fact that we have to know, is that God remains constant. All right. Y'all sleeping, but I'm going to come back and I'm going to come get you. God is the one absolute that doesn't change 
And the fact that we can rely on a God that is stable, on a God that is like a rock, that a God that is like a solid foundation, on a God that is not fickle, that does not wither, that is not immutable, he does not evolve, he remains the same. And so the the God that we serve, and I'm going to brag on the God that we serve, I don't know if you know this to be true, but maybe there are two or three of y'all that would know this to be true in your life, that the God that we serve does not change, he remains faithful, he remains good. He remains trustworthy. He remains reliable. I wish I had a church that really believed that today. The God that we serve does not change with our seasons. People leave us, but God remains right there with us. Seasons change, but God says, I am with you in every season. People change their behavior. They change around us. Back then, they didn't want me. Now I'm hot. They all on me. But see, God, uh, that was that was a little, <laughs> threw a little bar. See, people change. Anybody know what I'm talking about? One day they'll love you, the next day they hate you. The next day they don't like you. One day they'll lift your hands up and support you. They'll invest in you. The next day they'll leave you. But I'm so glad today to declare that the God that we serve does not change when other people change. I'm going to wake somebody up and I'm going to encourage somebody in this place because you've been in a season of transition where you feel alone. And God says to you today, I am true to my word. I am constant. I am faithful. I am reliable. That's why in Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 says, it begins that scripture by saying, I the Lord do not change. It says in James chapter 1 verse 17, every good and perfect gift is from above coming from the father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. That's why the Bible declares in Matthew 24, heaven and earth will pass but my word will never pass his word is true he remains faithful and he does not change I'm encouraged today to declare to you that your God is constant even when we're faithless our God remains faithful even when we are not good our God remains good trustworthy reliable and faithful even when we don't have strength our God has strength to give us I don't know if that's encouraging anybody in the house today but I want to let you know that he is constant he's faithful he's reliable and he remains constant true and good now the question is How do we experience God's constancy? How do we experience in our personal lives God's faithfulness and his goodness? Because if we're honest from time to time, when we're in a season of transition or when we're in a season of financial decline, when we're in a season where people are leaving us, when we're in a season of loss and of grieving, a lot of times it doesn't feel like God is good if we're honest it doesn't feel like God is faithful if we're honest today it doesn't feel like it but yet the fact still remains even above our feeling because you can have something that is a feeling and then have something that is a fact 
You can have a feeling of that God is not faithful, but the fact still remains. So, Pastor, how do I stay with that fact? How do I, how do I live in that fact? How do I embrace that, 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 that fact? How do I really experience that? And, and as I was searching the scripture, as I began to pray as to what I should share with you today, there was a word that stood out to me, and that word is abide. Would you say that word with me? Say abide. Let's do that again like you already ate your breakfast, your pupusas, your, your, your rukungandules. Just say with me, abide. abide. That word abide stood out to me. And in the scripture, Jesus uses these words to his disciples. He says in John chapter 15, verse 4 and 5, he says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He or she who abides in me and I in him or her, he or she will bear much fruit. For apart from me, here it is, apart from me, you can do nothing. The background and the context of this scripture is that the disciples are getting ready to experience a shift, if you will, a transition of seasons because they were used to having their teacher, that is Jesus, uh, near them. They were used to having him constantly guiding them, at times correcting them, at times rebuking them, at times counseling and comforting them. And so now they're getting ready to experience a transition season in their lives because their teacher was getting ready to become the resurrected King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He was getting ready to go through a transition phase within himself. And so now he's giving him these words of how to deal with the time that they're going to become fearful anxious and nervous because if we're honest whenever we go through change we get fearful anxious nervous and doubtful and so he knew that his disciples were going to experience this so he tells them he gives them this word to prepare them how do you prepare for this he tells them abide in me and I will abide in you Although I'm not here in the physical with you, I'm getting ready to transition from the physical, but I will be with you in the spiritual. And he's giving him a picture and letting his disciples know that even though I'm not here physically, we should still, in fact, we need to continue our connection, our relationship, our fellowship with one another. He's saying, abide in me. We must continue in our relationship. So when the Lord says, abide in me, what he's telling his disciples is, he's talking about, he's saying, he's saying your will, when it comes to your will, your intellect, your emotions, let that abide in me, in my truths, in my word. When he's saying, when you're going, going about making life choices and decisions, abide in me. When you're getting ready to make a decision, abide in me and so we must decide to surrender ourselves to keep ourselves in contact with him this is what it means to abide when you abide in something or someone you endure you last you persist you continue you remain steadfast that's what it means to abide it, it means that you are not moving it's almost like an anchor that you are rooted you are planted he's saying abide and stay in me what does that mean, Pastor? That means when you start to get discouraged, it will want to move you from your purpose for you to go back to what you came from. But he's saying, abide in me. See, here's the thing about transitions. The difficulty is 
We're waiting on God and we want to get to our destination. And so there's a promise and, and, and we're the, the transition phase is the space in between. See, we started here and now we're in the middle and so we're in the season of transition and we're not quite here. And what happens is we get discouraged when we're not here, not realizing that we've made progress from over here. So he's saying you must abide, you must remain. And as you do that, as you remain constant, as you remain faithful, as you endure in those seasons, I will also remain and abide in you. Now, I understood that concept as I was praying and I was preparing, but I, I still needed more clarity. I said, God, can you, can you explain this further to me? I, I, as I began to search, search the scripture, I said, who, who really lived their life that way? I want to I see an example so that I know how to draw some application from it. And there's a story in the scripture, and we read those stories in First and Second Samuel about the life of King David. Anybody who's ever gone to Sunday school, you know about King David. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Show of hands. You ever heard? Heard about it or just read something about it all right so King David was a man the Bible declares that God called him a man after God's own heart the Bible declares that when there was a leader in place Saul was the king at that time he was not fit for that position and so God spoke to the prophet Samuel and he said, I want you to go find this young man because he will be appointed king. He was marked by God. He had purpose. He was a leader. We see him in portions of the Bible. He was slaying giants. And so we see him as a warrior and we see him as a conqueror. We read the book of Psalms. If you ever read the book of Psalms, you will find that in, this, in those scriptures, you will, you will read his prayers, his time of worship, his time of discouragement, his time when he was weak. Week, his time where he was vulnerable, amazing when you read about his life and his writings in the book of Psalms, but he also experienced a shift and a transition in his life. He went from being a warrior, a king, after committing a moral failure, after committing a moral failure, he committed a spiritual failure, he had failed his position, he had failed his people. He went from being a man after God's heart to somebody who is now vulnerable, weak, discouraged, and when he was confronted by the reality of the consequences of the mistakes that he had made, this is what he said, and this is what I want you to write down if you're taking notes. How do we experience God's constancy? This, this is the first point that I want you to write down. We must abide in God's presence if we want to experience his faithfulness and his constancy in our lives. We must abide in God's presence. This is what the psalmist David did. We read the scripture in Psalm 51 verse 11. If we have that, we could throw that up. It says in Psalm 51. This is his prayer, and I want you to catch this. His prayer, when he was getting ready to lose it all, he went from being a warrior, he went from being the king to committing a moral, spiritual, and leadership failure, and in that phase of his life, he tried to run and he tried to flee, but then he was confronted by a prophet, and then he found himself vulnerable, weak, discouraged, and this is what he said. This is what he said to God. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. In that season of his life, he could have prayed, God, don't take my family away from me. But that's not what he said. God, I'm getting ready to lose all my material possessions. 
Don't take all my money away from me. Don't take my leadership position. He didn't pray that prayer. He said, don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. Don't take your presence away from me. The, the, the reason he prayed that prayer, the reason he said that to God is because he knew that if he lost everything, his leadership position, his finances, the title of being a leader, if he had God's presence, that God could restore him to, for him to face another day. So I want to encourage you today, instead of pursuing because a lot of times we cling to material possessions. A lot of times we cling to people more than we do God. When we're facing a difficult situation, we run to everybody except for God. And so I want to challenge you in your season of transition to hunger for God's presence more than anything else in life. Hunger more for God's presence than you do for his presence. We got that there? I got, I got another slide. Let's see. Oh, okay. Okay. Do, do we have another slide? Okay. Okay. Just go back. Just go back. Hunger more for God's presence, His Word, in prayer more than the things that he gives you. We get, we get so attached to the material things and the things that he gives us that we neglect him. Can I speak to people that will be honest today? We get so caught up in the things that we've lost that we forget to go to God who is the giver of all gifts. He is the giver of life. And if we have his presence, we can face any challenge that comes our way. This is what he realized. He said, I don't, listen, if I lose my house, if I lose my car, if I lose my title, that's all right. But don't take your presence away because your presence is what I need. Your, the life that I get from your presence is what I need. Your, your presence is what he's saying. It's joy. Your presence is life. Your presence brings me comfort. Your presence restores my soul. And I want to tell somebody today that what God wants you to realize is that in this season that you should long for more of his presence more than anything else. He says, abide in my presence. The second thing that I want you to realize to experience this constancy in order for us to experience this constancy in this relationship with God, we must abide and remain in his house. Psalm 92 verse 12 to 13, we have that up. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Here it is, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. You know, when I was thinking about this, I, I remember back in the day, um, you know, when, when I was younger, when we were kids, I said we, my generation, we used to play outside. This younger generation, they don't play outside. They stay indoors playing Fortnite. Anybody remember those days when you used to play outside? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Where they used to have to call you into the house because all you wanted to do was stay outside. You was playing basketball, baseball, football, hopscotch, and you were, you, you were doing all in, and, and as soon as, but you knew the routine. They, what do your parents always tell you? As soon as the street lights came on, what'd you have to do? You better get your butt on in the house. But you see my sister and I who's here, you know, we, we would, 
we would just make excuses. We would say, we didn't see the street light. It got dark, but we couldn't tell what time it was because they didn't come on. So we just stayed. And so, and so my dad would have to whistle for us and call us. And, and you know what that came with. And so I remember we used to play outside. Now, I'm not, I'm not downing or degrading this younger generation, but, but just go outside from time to time. You need some oxygen. You need some fresh air. Y'all on Instagram, social media, and you just scroll in there, but we used to play outside, and it was the best thing in the world. You would get fresh air, and you would get some exercise, and you would play games, and then if you were, if you were like me, you would just uh, get in all types of trouble. I remember I had, I, I, I had pieces, I would run outside barefoot, and at one time I had glass just to get stuck in my foot, just things like that that would happen to me, running away from people, and I just climbing up fences, and I would just, until this day I got a scar, just the old things, you know, you're just playing outside. I remember we used to have a, a a neighbor in our building because not only did we play outside we didn't want to spend everybody remember when you didn't want to spend any time inside the house like we if they said you can't go outside what did we do we played in the hallways anybody know what I'm am I the only one today that knows okay okay I just want to know that that you're with me and so uh, if we couldn't go outside punishment so we would just play within the building and uh, we always had a neighbor that would get so upset when we played in the hallway because we were making all types of noises and ruckus. And if this neighbor happens to hear this message on YouTube and online, I just want to let you know that as a father of two now, I feel you, brother. I'm so sorry. But at that, but, but when I was younger, you were my enemy. You were my enemy. You were the ops. You were the opposition. And so we'd be playing basketball, and we would just, we were so creative and imaginative, and we would just play in the hallway. And, and, and you would hear the door open. It was an upstairs neighbor. You would hear the door open. He would say, stop making that noise. We're trying to go to sleep. And then so you would hear that, and then we would just run in each other's house. And then as soon as we would hear that door close, what would we do? Just go back out. And you would hear the creaking of the door upstairs. We're trying to go to sleep. Stop making all that noise. And so we would just run inside. Here's what I realized. At times, I wouldn't run into my house. I would run into a friend's house. But here's the thing. Whenever I ran into my friend's house, it became a shelter and a place of safety because we didn't know what was getting ready to happen. At any moment, he could have come downstairs and started just beating on us. And so we would just run for safety. We would run for cover in anybody's house because in that place, we would find safety and we would find refuge. And can I tell you, the reason we gather here is not so we can check off a religious box uh, uh, on our list and say, I did, my, I did my due diligence and I went to church uh, during the week, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm good on my end. The reason we come here is to not waste our time. The reason... You, you got your kids ready, and you know how difficult that is to kid, get your babies ready, and you're fussing, and you're going crazy, and you're going all around trying to get them ready and round them up so you can make your church, because here it is. Whenever we come to this place, this is God's house of refuge and safety. That means that you can come to this place uh, with your fears. You can come to this place with your discouragement. You can come to this place with everything that you have going on in life, and there will be hope. There will be encouragement. There will be a word for you. There will be some I wish I had somebody that really loved the church somebody that knows that this is a place of refuge and safety and so God says I want you to abide in my house because when you abide in my house you would be reminded of my goodness sometimes you need that 
especially after difficult weeks and when we come to this place, we're able to lift our hands and we're, we're reminded of God's goodness. We're able to get a message and we're reminded of God's goodness. We're able to greet our brothers and sisters, give them hugs, show them love, and we're reminded of God's goodness. That's why it's important to abide in the house. It's important to stay constant because otherwise you will get lost in the seasons of transitions. You will get discouraged. You will become fearful. You will become doubtful. So that's why we come to this place. David declared in Psalms, he said, planted in the house, that the righteous will flourish when they're planted in the house like a palm tree. Interesting picture he gives us. He didn't say like grass that withers and that you could just cut easily. He said a palm tree. Whenever we're planted in God's house and we're constant in God's house, we're like a palm tree that flourishes. What that means is, if you notice, we don't have palm trees around us. Did you all notice that? Yeah. Palm trees grow in areas where there's uh, extreme pressure and heat. Do I got any of my people from Florida in the house? Okay, I got, y'all yeah, yeah, came from Florida. Y'all have beautiful palm trees. And listen, we, in the winter season, we be hating on y'all. All right, so, so but, 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 but we're glad that you're here so you can experience this cold because we go through these seasons. And so, and so you'll, you'll see that in those areas, uh, palm trees grow in those areas because they're meant to grow in areas of extreme pressure and heat. So when you're planted in the house, what God is saying to you, that in seasons of extreme pressure, you still can grow. I just, I, just, I just wanted to throw that out there. The palm tree grows in community. When, whenever the palm tree, you'll see them, whenever there's a huge storm, they'll bend, but they will not break. Why? Because their roots extend to one another. So while they bend, they do not break because while it's, while it's bending on this side, the roots of the other is lifting it up. So when you're planted in the house, when you come to this place and you're weak and discouraged, you have people in this place that are going to lift you up. You have people in this place that are going to build you up, that are going to pray for you, that are going to encourage you. That's why we need to be planted in the house. And can I tell you also that these, that these, that these palm trees, they're not cut down easily. So I know it may feel like you're being destroyed in the season of transition, but God wants to remind you when you're planted in the house, you may, you may bend, but you will not break because you're planted in the house. David said in Psalm 8410, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. And another writer said, I, there is more safety with Christ in the storm than without Christ in the calmest waters. I'd rather have Jesus on a difficult day than to live the best days without him. I don't know if anybody else has that testimony. It's important to be planted for that reason. Abide. 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 Remain in his presence. Remain faithful in your season of transition. Remain in his word. Remain in the house of God. See, this is the house of God. During the week, this is a school. But whenever we come and we transform this place, this becomes the house of God. We transform this place into a sanctuary. So stay connected into the house because that's how you abide when you're in his presence and when you're in his house. You know, seasons are much like this. Seasons are much like this where... I want you to catch this. When 
we face seasons of temptation, seasons of financial, marital, relational struggles. What that does, what that does is it, is it moves us in all sorts of directions. It pulls on our emotions. Our spiritual life begins to decline because everything, we get busy with life and, 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 and so life and work is pulling me this way and, and, and my relationships are pulling me this way and my friends are pulling me this way and God is telling you in your season, abide, remain. Remain in, in my presence. God is telling you, remain in my presence. Remain in my house. But my job, but my business, but my relationship, but my wife acting crazy. That's not your testimony. <laughs> but my husband acting up, I just want to beat him with a frying pan. But my kids acting all kind of crazy. But my coworkers, and so you're just, and so in my health, Lord have mercy. I'm trying to get my summer beach body ready. And I just keep, I keep going up and down. I'm fluctuating. And my, and my identity and my, and my confidence and my esteem. And so everything pulls you in all these directions in life. And what God wants to tell you today is to abide. He says, abide in me and I will abide in you. Remain in my word, and my word is gonna remain in you. Stay faithful to my assignment over your life, and I will stay faithful to every promise that I declare to you over your family, over your children, over your parents, over your neighbors. I will stay true. Abide in my presence. And so life is this, is this way, when you abide, and you just stay firm. When you go through your cold seasons, God says, I will cover you. Don't we got to do this in this season that we're in now? Don't mess up my head, brother. You a barber, well, you'll fix it back. That's all right. Go ahead. You can, you can mess it up, but you'll fix it back. <laughs> See, what God wants to teach you is to not move and become overly anxious and overly stressed that you begin to fluctuate, that you begin to waver in your faith, that you begin to lose hope, that you begin to get discouraged. He doesn't want you moving. He say, let me be your provider and I will shelter you in the storm. When it gets cold, I will be there for you. When you need me to protect you, I will be there for you. See how committed I am to these illustrations? I'm here messing up my hair. <laughs> but God, Things are not moving on my timeline. I'm getting a little hot now. <laughs> but God, I want to do it on my own because you're not moving fast enough. So I just want to handle it on my own. And God is saying, abide. I want to take care of matters in my own hand because you're not doing a good job, God. He's saying, abide. I'm not finding what I need in your presence. He's saying, abide, abide, abide. He said, do not let your hearts be troubled. He said, I am with you until the end of the age. The God that is constant, the God that is good, the God that is faithful. All he tells you to do is to remain, is to abide, is to be steadfast, is to stay put trusting, to keep believing, to keep hope inside of you even when others are losing hope. He's saying, abide in my hope even though people around you are losing hope. I'm, I'm speaking to somebody in this place and I'm declaring this for somebody who needs this. And, you, and you're being pulled by distractions, temptations, discouragement, doubt, and fear. He's saying, abide. But God, then there are seasons where it gets extremely hot and scorching. 
and God is saying abide. He's saying, he's saying, I'll protect you. I'll, I'll provide what you need. What, what is it that you need in this season? Do you need love? Do you need joy? Do you need comfort? Do you need peace? That's why God did. I, I always found that interesting that when he revealed himself to certain people, he would say, I am the great I am. What in the heck does that mean? The great I am. And then I began to realize the reason he said, my name is Yahweh, the great I am, is because whatever you need God to be, he says, I am. Amen. If you need a provider, I am that. I can be your provider. If you need a comforter, I am that. I can be your comforter. If you need somebody to hold you up when you're down, I am that. I can be everything that you need if you abide. But God, I go through storms in life. Whoa, bad luck. Some of, you, some of you, the safety, the refuge, and the shelter is right here, and you trying to find it somewhere else. But God, you don't got the answers. Let me go to my friend who, whose life is a mess already, and they're going to give me some answers. Oh, y'all not going to keep it real with me, but that's all right. I, I'm, I'm, speaking from, I'm speaking to myself. And so let me run here. Let me run to substance. Let me run to the lituation because I'm going to get some answers there. And God is saying, the safety, the refuge in your season, because when you're out there, what you're seeking really is comfort, attention to some sort, some sense of fulfillment. And he's saying, I am that. I can be that for you. You don't have to look nowhere else. I am who I say that I am. It's right here. He says, I can be your shelter in the midst of the storm. That's why, David, brother, you are doing, you are amazing. Look how God uses you. You are. <laughs> this brother, he's been working on his squats, Joanna. You see this man? Praise God. That baby's coming, praise the Lord. That <laughs> I'm going to be dedicating another baby. <laughs> Let me focus, Pastor. Focus. That's why if you read the book of Psalms, David was able to say, you are my rock, my deliverer, my salvation. You are. He says, he says I look to the hills from where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord who created the heavens and the earth. He's saying that when I'm planted by your waters in your presence, he said, I'm like, I'm like a plant that is flourishes and does not wither and it gives fruit in its season when you abide. So as we close, thank you. Let's give it up for my brother one more time. As we close this series, what do I want to tell you? We will all go through changes, some of them bigger, some of them smaller. We will all experience seasons, but make sure in your season of transition, when things are shifting around you, that you abide in God's presence and that you abide in his house. Because when you do that, you will be anchored, you will be rooted, and things will not pull you in all these directions.
directions. And when you do that, God will give you clarity, will give you insight, will give you wisdom, will let you know why you're going through that season because he wants to make you stronger and better and wiser than you were before. So he has to stir some things up, but he wants to do that when you abide in him. You know, some of us are a little older in here. You'll realize things don't stay the same as much as we want to. You look, you, you look at pictures when you were in high school. Lord have mercy. You look at yourself, you're like, ooh, I'm about to go back to that. No, you're not. I say it all the time, brother. I mean, look at that. I just, you just sent me, I just got a picture of me when I was small. Look, 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 young man, sharp. And I, and I, you know, I just don't quite, because everything changes and life changes, emotions changes. The law of gravity starts to take effect. For those that are young, you'll, you'll get that word in about 10 years. <laughs> everything that goes up must come down and you're trying to pick it right back up, but it's not good. <laughs> Things change. People change. Relationships change. But be encouraged today that the God that you serve does not change. Once again, much love and appreciation for listening to today's message. I'm so glad that you've been a part of the listening experience. But let me tell you, there's nothing like the live experience. It cannot be explained only experience and so i encourage you to come out on a sunday so you can listen to the messages live and be a part of a wonderful atmosphere within family and within community you can find more information about our gatherings on our website at myhopecenter.org also make sure to follow us we're on instagram facebook and twitter our handle is at myhopecenter i also encourage you to subscribe to our podcast so that you get notified as soon as we upload content make sure to share it with your friends and your family there's someone that you know that could really benefit from these messages so make sure to spread the word about what's happening here on the hope huddle podcast so again i hope to see you soon until then peace love and god bless